Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we start the show, please give this video a thumbs up and smash that subscribe button. We work really hard on these videos and would really appreciate it. Now enjoy. Growing up, my parents were always so strict and harsh with me. For most of my life, they were either yelling, screaming, or punishing me for some inconceivable reason. I would step outside just to take a breath of fresh air, and they would say I should be inside doing chores. Whenever I had the rare chance to watch some TV, they would scream at me that the volume was too loud and force me to turn it off. They didn't let me have any friends, and if anyone did happen to invite me over to a birthday party or even just for a play date, they would reply with a sharp no. Every hour of the day had to be spent studying or doing chores. My parents made my life miserable, but I guess I was used to it. When your parents do that to you for your whole life, it starts to become your norm. And that included our constant moving throughout my childhood. We never stayed in one place for more than three months. I remember one time I was in school, and my parents literally pulled me out of the classroom, saying we had to leave all of a sudden. I just went along with it because I thought it was normal. My parents told me that they had to move around a lot because of work, and I believed them. This meant I could never make any close friends, because I didn't stay in one place long enough to bond with someone. I was always so lonely, and my only companion was my teddy bear. But I lost him one time when we were moving. My parents didn't even give me time to pack my stuff. We just stepped into the car with the clothes we had on and drove off. I still miss that teddy bear. Of course, now I realize this was pretty weird. Normal families didn't move to five different states in one year. Normal families didn't force their daughter to stay inside her whole life except for school. Normal families didn't do that. But my family did. So, instead of complaining or fighting against them, I accepted it because I thought it was normal. Then came the ninth grade of high school. I had just moved to this new school and, unsurprisingly, I had no friends. But there was this one girl, Samantha, who was really nice to me. I thought she was the nicest girl in the world. When she first met me, she immediately complimented my hair. 
You have really beautiful hair, she said. I could do nothing but blush. I was so unused to interactions like this, and I had grown up feeling so suppressed and shy that all I could do was look down. But Samantha didn't seem to mind. For the rest of the day, she showed me around the school, introduced me to her friends, and chatted to me about a whole ton of things. At first, I didn't say a word. I was so baffled by her kindness. But then I started to <laughs> loosen up and trust her. And next thing I knew, we were chatting away like we had known each other our whole lives. I think back then that Samantha was the closest thing I had ever had to a friend. But of course, my parents wouldn't stand for it. I asked them if Samantha could come to our house to hang out. They just looked at each other sneakily and gave me a resounding no. I desperately wanted to see Samantha again. So I asked, why not? My parents glared at me for asking. Because we said so, my mom spat out. I was too scared of them to say anything more. So any prospect of Samantha coming to our house was thrown out of the window. But then I realized I could go to hers. I contemplated asking my parents that again, but I knew that they would just say no again. So I decided to keep it to myself. The next day, I told them I had a class after school. So I would would be late home. They looked at me suspiciously for a second, but once I told them it was an extra math class, they agreed. I was so nervous. I thought that at any second they would realize I was lying and ground me for a month or something. But they didn't seem to suspect anything. So, after school that day, I went home with Samantha to hang out. It was so much fun. We painted our nails, made cookies, and watched some movies. And all the while I was laughing so much. Because I believe Samantha was one of the funniest girls I knew. She cracked jokes left, right, and center. I was so happy to have a friend. But then, a knock came at Samantha's door. And I was mortified as I saw saw my parents standing right outside. They looked so angry and they immediately pulled me away. Samantha's mom asked me what was wrong and they told her I was trying to run away from home. I was too terrified to say anything, so Samantha's mom seemed to believe them. Samantha was crying out, saying that wasn't true. We were just hanging out, but her mom cut her off. My parents dragged me home and told me I could never see Samantha again. That night, I cried so much my pillow was soaked. The next day, we moved. My parents didn't say why. I don't know if it had anything to do with Samantha, but they told me to pack my things and we moved quickly to another high school. There, I didn't even bother trying to make new friends. I knew it would be pointless. I thought my life would forever be miserable. I realize now what true monsters my parents were, but back then, I just accepted it. I wish I hadn't. I wish I had stood up for myself. That way, the next ordeal could have played out a lot easier. One day, it was the weekend, and I was stuck in the house. My parents were out doing who knew what, and they plopped me in front of the TV and told me not to move from that spot. I was flicking through channels when a story on the news caught my eye. It read, Missing Girl, in huge, bold letters. And a couple, the parents, were on screen, upset with red-rimmed eyes. The news anchor explained this couple was still looking for their missing daughter, who was taken from them over 13 years ago. I scoffed. How did they expect to find someone? who had been missing for 13 years. They would hardly be recognizable. The couple expressed how they believed she was still alive and probably living with some new identity. I doubted that very much. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What were the odds that a little girl who had been missing for 13 years was still alive? But then I took a closer look at the couple. They seemed familiar. I looked at their green eyes and their black hair, and I realized I looked just like them. I had the same black hair and green eyes. Both of my parents had blonde hair and blue eyes, so I had always wondered where I'd gotten my dark complexion from. But I always chose never to really think about it. Then the screen flashed, and a picture filled the screen. A picture of the missing girl. I nearly choked on the cereal I was eating. She looked exactly like like me, except if I were 13 years younger. I brushed the thought away. It had to be a coincidence. That couldn't be me. I wasn't missing. I had parents. It had to be some anomaly. Didn't they say there could be someone living out there who looked exactly like you? I changed the channel and pressed the thought to the back of my mind. The next day at school, I was in history class when the speaker announced I had to go to the counselor's office. I sighed, thinking it would be my parents and we'd have to move again. But to my surprise, it was just Mr. Brown, my math teacher. He gestured to me to take a seat, and then he looked seriously at me. Mia, he addressed me. Do you like your home? I was confused. Um, what do you mean? He took a breath and he called me over to his desk. On it, there was a newspaper from the day prior. On the front cover was the same story from yesterday on the news. The one with the missing girl who looked just like me. Mr. Brown pointed to the picture of the parents. Do you know them? He asked. I was so overwhelmed. I didn't say anything. Mr. Brown spoke up again. I was looking at this newspaper last night and I swear this little girl is you, which means these are your real parents, which means... He paused, then continued on. Your parents, the ones who are looking after you right now, are not your real parents. I think they might be fake parents. I think they might be your kidnappers. I stepped back in shock. No way, they raised me. How could they not be my parents? I know this can be a lot to take in, said Mr. Brown, but it's important that we take the right step. I'm going to call this number they've given and ask them to come. You'll need to meet them tomorrow. I I'm not sure, I said. Mr. Brown sighed. Well, why don't you just spend tonight and think about it? Then you can come to school tomorrow morning and we'll see what happens then. Okay? I nodded shakily. I was about to exit his office when he stopped me. Oh, and remember, he said, don't tell your parents, the ones at home, anything about this. You got that? I nodded again. That night, as we had dinner, I was so nervous. I couldn't even look at my parents. If they were my kidnappers, then why had they raised me? But then another part of me thought it would all make sense if they were my kidnappers. Suddenly, things clicked into place as I looked back on all the strange things in my life. That would explain why we moved around so much. That would explain why I looked nothing like my parents. That would explain the secrecy and the times they forced me to stay at home. I struggled to eat my food. All this had ruined my appetite. I think my parents noticed something was wrong. Then my dad asked me, Mia, what happened? I looked at him in alarm. N nothing I stammered. They eyed each other, and mom spoke up. You will let us know what is going on right now. I was never a good liar. I could hardly keep a secret, so I just blurted out everything that had happened. The news story, Mr. Brown, the meeting tomorrow with my supposed real parents. I don't know why I was telling them all this. I think I did it to prove that it was just a coincidence. They would laugh it off and say, of course they're my real parents. I could tell Mr. Brown to cancel the meeting and everything would go back to normal. But they didn't. They looked at each other and a shadow seemed to fall on their faces. My mom told me to go to my room and I was quick to obey. As I waited in my bedroom, I heard the lock on the door click into place. I rushed forward, banging on the door. My heart was racing. Let me out! I shouted. It's for your own good, Dad yelled back. For the next couple of days, I was stuck in my room. I never saw the outside world, and the door was only ever open to slip in a tray of food. I was a prisoner of my parents. I was really starting to lose all hope. That is, until I heard the 
sirens. I was lying on the bed when I sat up, hopeful at the sound of police sirens. They were getting closer and closer. Rescue! I would be saved! I could hear my parents' panicked voices as a police car pulled up in our driveway. There were shouts and bangs and I covered my ears, ducking under the cover. I was terrified. Then I jumped as my bedroom door burst open. Mr. Brown stood there and he rushed over to me. It's okay, Mia. You're fine. I sat on the bed, crying, so confused, not knowing what will happen. When two people walked in, I glanced up. It's the parents. The parents from the TV. My real parents. They talked to me gently, telling me how much they missed me, that they love me, and hope I can be their daughter again. I felt uncertain, but they pulled me into a hug, and I felt safe. For the first time in a while, their touch felt safe. It wasn't until weeks later that I found out what happened. My fake parents kidnapped me as a toddler and raised me as their own. No one knew why, but maybe it was because they couldn't have a child together. My real parents searched for me for ages. They couldn't find me. That's when they realized I had been kidnapped. It wasn't until Mr. Brown called them and told them about me, that they felt hope again. He also called the cops once he realized I had been missing since I was locked in my bedroom and suspected my fake parents had locked me up. My fake parents are in jail now, but I still visit them now and then. Although they weren't my real parents, they still raised me, and despite their abuse, I still loved them. But I hated them at the same time for taking my childhood away, from taking my real parents away. But now, I have the rest of my life to spend with people who truly love me and treat me well. I'm so much happier with my real parents. They treat me with the kind of generosity and love that I never knew, but I'm getting used to it day by day.